48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. The fallout continues following an evening of transport chaos, which began when an MTR train's doors came off. Vaccine Supremo Patrick Nip says Hong Kong doesn't have a target inoculation rate to resume quarantine-free travel with the mainland. And under pressure, mainland tech giant Didi says it's listing in Hong Kong as it walks away from Wall Street just months after its IPO. Transport export expert... Hung Wingtat said it's totally unacceptable to have loose parts from an advertising panel affect the safety of a train. He said it was very lucky that no one was injured last night when a loose hoarding caused the train's doors to fall off during the peak rush hour at Causeway Bay Station. Mr. Hung said the MTR Corporation should replace the advertising panels that run alongside the train tracks. They should change these panels to digital type of panels so that you don't need to actually open it, close it to stick poster onto it. I mean, a lot of these um, notice boards and things, even the governments, they have the country traffic notices, they're all digital. You just have a digital design and display just like a um, sort of monitor on the wall. So there would not be any of those losing parts. Meanwhile, MTR officials say they've removed a component from eight advertising panels at four stations after investigating last night's incident in Causeway Bay. However, Sammy Wong, the company's operations chief, did rule out any problems with the design of the train door. He told an RTHK program that the corporation is investigating the design and positioning of the advertising panels, as well as procedures for changing the posters inside them. The man in charge of Hong Kong's vaccination program, Patrick Nip, says the SAR doesn't have to hit a target inoculation rate to open up quarantine-free travel with the mainland. But he said a higher vaccination rate here would reduce any public health risk across the border. Jimmy Choi reports. Speaking at the introduction of the SAR's new mobile vaccination unit in Sha Tin, Mr. Nip said more elderly people had received jabs in the past two months. A sign that efforts by the government and the community to encourage them were paying off. The civil service chief says more than half of people aged over 50 have been inoculated, as have a third of those aged over 70. About 70% of the general population has had at least one dose, and about 180,000 people have had a third booster jab. He said mainland officials had not set a particular vaccination rate as a prerequisite for border reopening. However, Mr Nib urged everyone to get a jab to better protect the elderly and slow down any outbreak in the community. An academic says the government needs to cultivate public trust in order for the new health code to work effectively. Chris Hartley, an assistant professor of public management and administration at the Education University, was commenting after officials unveiled the health code system to be used for quarantine-free travel to the mainland. It's to be linked to the government's Leave Home Safe app and will issue a color code to be used across the border. Professor Hartley said the core issue wasn't about trust in the technology, but in those who manage it. Trust in technology is affected by trust in government itself, and it's really going to take the public trust in order to get this health code to actually be effective. You know, in parts of the world experiencing some type of political division, for example, like in the U.S., there's been less universal trust in COVID mandates. And here in Hong Kong, I think we can't ignore some of the recent struggles the government's had in gaining public trust. So this can certainly translate into skepticism about technology, and the government must address that and overcome that. 
The mainland-based ride-hailing giant Didi has announced that it intends to delist in New York less than six months after its $4 billion U.S. dollar IPO. It now plans to pursue an A-share listing in Hong Kong. Vicky Wong reports. Didi said in a statement that the decision by its board to move its listing from Wall Street to Hong Kong followed careful research, but it did not provide a reason for the changes. The company is one of several major tech firms to draw scrutiny from regulators in Beijing. Didi confirmed in July that it was subject to a cybersecurity review by the Cyberspace Administration Office and it had been required to suspend the registration of new users on the mainland. It was later forced to remove 25 apps from stores for violations of data protection rules. At the time, it warned that it expected the removals to have an adverse impact on revenue. Turning overseas, the German government has announced that COVID vaccinations could become compulsory next year. The outgoing Chancellor Angela Merkel said she was in favor of the measure, which MPs will vote on in February. Mrs. Merkel also revealed sweeping new restrictions on people who haven't been vaccinated. They won't be allowed in restaurants, cinemas, leisure facilities and many non-essential shops. Olaf Scholz, who's due to take over as Chancellor next week, said the restrictions were necessary. We are in a very, very difficult situation. Everyone knows it's linked to the fact that we have many citizens vaccinated, but not enough to make sure we don't get a new wave of infections. So it's clear what we have to do first. We have to get those who are unvaccinated, vaccinated. And that's my personal appeal, that we convince them to take that step. Meanwhile, Mrs. Merkel has called for the defense of democracy in her farewell speech after 16 years in power. At a ceremony in her honor, she said democracy depended on critical debate and trust in the facts. In her speech, she also reflected on her time as chancellor. These 16 years as federal chancellor have been eventful and often very challenging. It's been demanding in political and human terms, but at the same time they have often been fulfilling. The last two years of the pandemic in particular have shown like a magnifying glass the importance of trust in politics and science, as well as in social discourse, but also the fragility of trust. President Biden has announced a multi-pronged plan to fight the coronavirus, as U.S. officials confirmed cases of the Omicron variant in several states. The plan includes an expansion of home diagnostic tests, stricter rules for international travelers, and new efforts to encourage vaccines and boosters. All international travelers will have to be tested for the virus in the 24 hours before they leave for the U.S., regardless of their vaccination status. Mr. Biden said there was cause for concern, but not panic. We knew there'd be cases of this Omicron here in the United States, and it's here. But we have the best tools, the best vaccines in the world, and the best medicine, and the best scientists in the world. We're going to fight this variance with science and speed, not chaos and confusion. Just like we beat back COVID-19 in the spring, a more powerful variant, Delta variant, in the summer and fall. The United States has reinstated a controversial migration policy that orders asylum seekers to return to Mexico while they wait for their applications to be processed. The program was introduced by the former president, Donald Trump, and criticized by the Biden administration, which revoked it earlier this year. White House spokesperson Jen Psaki said President Biden would continue fighting to scrap the policy. Activists condemned the decision. Marissa Limon is from the group Hope Border Institute. 
We're deeply disappointed by the resumption of this program here at the southern border because we know what it means for people on the move. Migrants, asylum seekers, and the most vulnerable among us are going to be put into this program once again, which is actually being expanded to include many more nationalities than the original program during the Trump administration. We know this will cause uh, harm, both physical and potentially psychological, on the people on the move. A British aeronautical engineer says he's uncovered the likely location of a Malaysia Airlines passenger plane which disappeared after leaving Kuala Lumpur for Beijing in 2014. Up until now, search for flight MH370 have focused on an enormous expanse of the Indian Ocean. But Richard Godfrey says he's drawn together four types of aviation data to pinpoint a search location with a radius of 40 nautical miles. Grace Nathan's mother, Anne, was on the plane. She says the last few years have been difficult. It's really just been like an ongoing nightmare because there's just never an end. We just seem to be going in circles and constantly hitting one brick wall after another. And we've been hoping for the longest time for something new, a, a new breakthrough, something new that would warrant the search starting again and at least have a more precise location for the search to be conducted at. The American actor Alec Baldwin has said he does not feel guilt over accidentally shooting dead a cinematographer on a film, site, film set because he does not feel responsible. Mr. Baldwin spoke in an exclusive interview with ABC News anchor George Stephanopoulos. Do you feel guilt? No, no. I feel that there is, I, I feel that, that, that uh, someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. I mean, I, I, honest to God, if I felt that I was responsible, I might have killed myself if I thought I was responsible. He has maintained the death was an accident since Helena Hutchins was killed in October. The actor said he assumed that a gun he was holding during a scene rehearsal did not contain live bullets. In financial news, nearly 70 countries have reached a deal with the World Trade Organization to make it easier to trade services around the world, saving billions of dollars a year. Signatories include China, the U.S., the European Union, and Britain. The BBC's Chris Morris reports. This agreement aims to cut red tape for the trade-in services, making it easier for exporters to obtain licenses, meet technical standards, or get professional qualifications approved in foreign countries. But the most significant thing about it may be that it's actually happened. It's the first negotiated agreement on services at the WTO in a quarter of a century, so it's of great symbolic importance. Business groups have warmly welcomed moves to harmonise regulations and make it easier to sell services around the world. But we'll have to wait and see how much easier it actually becomes. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,620. That's 168 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $77 billion. In currency, the U.S. dollar is trading at 113.16 to the yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 12 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 34 cents. In sport, we start with a classic encounter in football's English Premier League between Manchester United and Arsenal at Old Trafford. The winning goal happened like this. Ronaldo waits. It's going to be a straight run-up for Cristiano Ronaldo. Up against Aaron Ramsdale. Arms out open wide from Ramsdale. Cristiano Ronaldo blasts the ball home. And Manchester United are back in front. And it's Cristiano Ronaldo yet again. Manchester United 3, Arsenal 2. 
was away it finished 3-2 to Manchester United, now up to seventh in the table. Cristiano Ronaldo scored twice to take his career goals total past 800. United's new interim boss, Ralf Rangnick, was watching from the stands. The German has confirmed his work permit and will take charge of the team, starting with Sunday's game against Crystal Palace. Meanwhile, the caretaker... Michael Carrick has announced his decision to leave Old Trafford after 15 years there as a player, then a coach. The former midfielder has worked under Jose Mourinho and the recently sacked Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's uh, it's not been an easy, uh, easy one to make, to be honest. Um, but I feel it's the right one. I'm, I'm I'm content with my decision. I feel I feel quite happy. I've um, I was meant to take some time off after I finished playing and I promised the family that we'd have some time together and uh, it's never happened and I think I've thrown myself into to, to, to working here for, for so long that um, it just feels like it's the right time to, to, to step away. I mean, it's, you know, I'll be back around the place. I'm not, I'm not disappearing, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just the right time. I mean, what a way to finish. It's a perfect night, really. What, when did you make the decision? And, and it's your decision, correct? Not the club's decision? Yeah, 100% my decision, yeah. 100% my decision. Um, just, yeah, over, over the last week, really, a, a little bit, it was, it was creeping in and um, I was conscious I, and, and I respected the club and I respected the new manager coming in that I wanted to make the decision before I had any contact with him or spoke to him. There was no crossover whatsoever. And, um I thought it was the right thing to do for for the club as as much as as uh, for Ralph and um, and yeah once I made the decision that was that was final and I, I was quite happy with that. Antonio Conte remains unbeaten in the Premier League as Tottenham manager. Spurs climbed to just two points outside the top four after beating Brentford two 0 at home thanks to an opening goal and insurance from Sun Hung Ming. Spurs defender Ben Davies called it an important win for his team. We need to try and get on a bit of a run now, try and get, gather a bit of momentum. And um, I guess a good side, Brentford, they've come up. They've caused a lot of good teams, a lot of problems this year. So we were expecting a tough game and we knew we needed to put a good performance and I think we did that tonight. Denmark's er- Christian Eriksen has taken part in his first training session since surviving an on-pitch heart attack while playing for his country at the Euros. The BBC's Andy Barwell reports. The international footballer Christian Eriksen continues his rehabilitation from suffering a cardiac arrest with the help of the Danish side Obi Odense. Eriksen hasn't played since he collapsed on the pitch during Denmark's Euro 2020 game with Finland in June. Well, his club Inter Milan have said that he wouldn't be able to resume his career in Italy's Serie A until his pacemaker, a device used to stimulate and regulate a heartbeat, was removed. Although it is possible he would be allowed to play elsewhere. And looking at the weather, it'll be fine and very dry, moderate north to northeast easterly winds, occasionally fresh offshore at first. Still cool in the morning in the next few days. Temperatures will be appreciably lower in the new territories. The temperature right now is 21 degrees and the humidity stands at 28%. That's the news from RTHK.